Hello there, and welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast, or indeed, welcome back, depending on if you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener. Either way, my name is Angus Boyle, and I am your host. Joining me today, I've realized during the intros, I normally give the intro, and then it starts the pre-recorded part, because I record the intros after the episode, and then I just give the intro again in the episode. So, for the full intro, stick around, it's coming in the main episode, but I will tell you that my guest today is none other than Mr. Zane Gaziani, and he's a fucking legend. We have a great conversation, talking about a wide range of topics. We talk about his journey from working at Amazon in a job that he wasn't happy in, to living in a house with with five people and a hamster. Uh, I didn't catch the full story of that, that's something I'm going to have to get him back on another episode to hear that full story. But we talk about his journey from that to then working at the same company as me, VaynerMedia, but he works directly on Team Gary V with the man himself, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. And he got that job by sort of raising his hand and asking a question at a an event Gary was speaking at. And I mean, I'm not doing the story justice, but just you listen, because the version of the story that Zane tells is absolutely epic. I will apologise in advance, there are some audio issues. Um, I don't know if you've heard, there's a global pandemic on. That's not the reason for the audio issues, but I'm going to try blaming on that anyway. Uh, the internet is the reason for the dodgy audio issues. But it begins kind of a little bit fuzzy, we sound a little bit like robots at certain points, but... Trust me, it's worth listening. Uh, there's some seriously, seriously strong value in this episode and some some great pointers and tips for any aspiring creatives. Zane, as well as working for, for Gary, also produces a lot of his own content. Uh, as I describe him in the intro, I'm just going to give you a teaser of the intro in the pre-intro. Um, he's a LinkedIn powerhouse. He's a man who churns out the content on LinkedIn and, and has a, a big engaged audience there. Also pumps out a lot of content on, on Instagram. Cre- he's a digital creator, so he uses um, digital drawing to create these cool characters and stuff. Has done a bunch of, a series of Instagram lives uh, called Drawing with Zane, where he developed some of these characters. Even turned one of those characters into a line of merch. And so we chat through all of that stuff in the episode like i said value packed i would highly recommend listening to the whole thing even though in parts we sound like robots it's like a conversation between robots only at parts though for the rest of it it's banging and i think for the majority of it i'm probably just being overly critical but either way listen to it other than that artbyangus.com get your paintings uh also at angus boyle on clubhouse if anyone we talk that's another subject that we discuss in in detail is the new app clubhouse and it's somewhere that i am starting to get involved with a few different people one of being one of them being mr lawrence m white who was guest number one on this podcast i'm pretty sure and yeah it's it's a it's an audio only app for those who don't know but if you if you don't know you you need an invite so sort it out get on the app we're starting a room that's going to be a regular room talking about artists, building a brand for artists, that sort of stuff. Tuesdays and Sundays at 6pm on Clubhouse. Uh, we just literally, I'm, it's Tuesday evening and I just got off like a 90 minutes in that room. It was kicking off. There was a lot of people in asking questions, jamming, loads of really interesting, useful, useful information. So follow me on Clubhouse at Angus Boyle, A-E-N-G-U-S-B-O-Y-L-E. And of course, follow Zane, follow Zane on Clubhouse because he's a very active Clubhouser too, Zane Gaziani. And... Let me think. Is there anything else that should go in the intro? You're a legend if you're listening to this. I love you. Uh, Make sure you tell your friends. Spread the word of the Creative Marketing Podcast if you feel so inclined or if you don't feel so inclined. Either way, leave a five-star review and type some nice things about the podcast. Help spread the word of the Creative Marketing Podcast. Other than that, let's fucking get into the show, baby. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. 
Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 15 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. And today on the show, I am joined by a man who is a former employee of Amazon, among other places, who now currently works at VaynerMedia, which happens to be the same place that I work, although he's based in New York and works with the man himself on Team Gary V. Also a LinkedIn powerhouse, I would say, a digital creator who creates cool characters, the most famous of which has been on a world tour, which is a pretty big deal. My guest today is Mr. Zane Gaziani. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm honored to be here. Well, okay, so I guess to start with, and to touch on the, the common thread of Vayner that we have a bit to begin, um, I know that you have a very interesting route into the company, so I'd love to hear. And I think I feel like I know the uh, I know the, the bare bones of the story, so I'd be interested to hear the slightly long-winded story from your experience of like, you know, how that went down, how you felt as it was happening, all that stuff. But yeah, how, how did you get the job at Vayner? Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for the, the very kind introduction. It means a lot. Um, so yeah, man, I joined uh, Vayner in August of 20, uh, August of 2019. And as you said, it was just a really, uh, unconventional way of getting here. So I, you know, rewinding quite a bit, uh, you know, I joined Amazon back in, uh, 2014, right out of college, somehow got a job cause I knew someone at work there cause my grades definitely weren't going to get me there. Um, and long story short, I started Amazon, spent about four years there doing human resources and recruiting. Uh, moved around the country quite a bit, worked my way up really fast. And uh, towards the end of my tenure at Amazon, I was just very depressed. I was miserable. I hated it. And um, long story short, uh, I, you know, I was miserable and I just didn't want to disappoint my parents. And I called my parents one day and just explained to them how much I hated it. Uh, and to my surprise, instead of convincing me to stay there, they told me to leave. And so the next day I turned in my resignation, I left when nothing lined up. And from there, joined a couple of other companies. But during that time when I was confused, when I was lost, when I was just, you know, I felt like out of place because so many people would do anything to have my salary, my job at Amazon, yet I was miserable and I left with nothing. And so while that was happening, I discovered Gary's content, like a lot of other people do during these times. And so, you know, while I was in over, you know, between 2017 and 2019, trying to figure things out, taking jobs, meeting people, moving around the country, and then in August of 2018, Gary and Team Gary, the, the team I work on now, started a Facebook group called First in Line. And so uh, they started the group. I joined. I was one of the first people. And uh, pretty early on, when we had around 2,000 members, Team Gary posted they were looking for four voluntary moderators to help run the Facebook group. And so I had zero marketing experience, zero community experience, but I still applied uh, telling a very similar story that I just told you in detail. And somehow... Um, I got the gig. So now I'm one of four volunteer moderators for Team Gary. Um, so, you know, in the group, I'm moderating. I'm doing community management every night after work. Uh, I'm doing just, I'm just welcoming new people. I'm helping them out, connecting people. And um, long story short, well, I, I love doing that, but I just didn't enjoy my day job, even though I was doing this for free every night. So in early 2019, I moved back to my hometown of Dallas, got a job at Dollar General. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, all I knew in the back of my mind was I want to do marketing or community management. So while I'm moving to Dallas, I'm applying to every marketing company, trying to get internships even uh, for free, and no one's taking me because I have zero experience. Well, anyways, I moved to Dallas, and literally the day I land, dude, uh, I see that Gary is going to speak in my hometown of Dallas, Texas, uh, in two weeks. And so I go online, I look at the tickets, I'm like, dang it, I can't, I can't afford these tickets. And I reach out to Team Gary because I've been supporting them uh, with the First Line Facebook group. I say, hey. Gary speaking, can I please see him? And then May, who's my boss now, uh, reaches back out and hooks me up with a ticket. So now I've got a ticket to see Gary. 
And so the next two weeks, I'm excited. I'm counting down the days. And my only plan uh, going into this event to see Gary speak was to see Gary speak, obviously. And if I'm lucky, if I'm just lucky, uh, get a get a photo with him. That's it. That's success to me. See him, get a photo. So the day, so it's finally the day of. It's March 22nd, uh, 2019. I get ready really early in the morning. It's this real estate like wholesaling event that Gary happens to be speaking at. I get there bright and early at 7 a.m. Have no idea when Gary's speaking. Turns out Gary's going up at 3 p.m. So now I've got the full day to kill, and uh, I'm just joining random sessions. And then at noon, everyone kind of breaks out for lunch for a little bit. And so at noon, I've made a new friend and, and her and I are just like hanging out in the in the hotel lobby where the conference is. And I kid you not, I'm looking down on my phone and she screams. And so I look up and Gary just walked in and he's by himself. There's no security. There's no vlogger uh, or videographer, excuse me. There's no one. And so I look at Gary, I'm wearing his shoes and I point at the shoes and he looks at me and he's on the phone and he kind of signals me to like to walk behind him. So now I'm walking behind Gary. He's on the phone. I've got his shoes on. And for some reason, he's going to the ATM machine. So I'm like with him at the ATM machine while he's like withdrawing like cash for some reason. I don't know why he needs cash. And uh, we're just, it's just him and I. So I'm standing there and he's giving me his undivided attention, which is something you would have never expected. So now I'm standing yeah. there and I don't know what I said in this one-on-one -on -one setting, but it made zero sense. It was just gibberish. <laughs> and, uh, and I got a selfie with him and then he walked away. He's like, hey, I'm going to be speaking at three. I'll see you later. But in my head, dude, I couldn't believe it. I met Gary. And I got a, I got a picture with him. I already won. Yeah. The, the day the day's not going to get any better. So the energy of that conversation uh, just kind of carried me through the day. And now it's three o'clock. So now we're in this big convention hall. Gary gets announced. He comes on stage. I'm freaking out. And uh, as soon as he comes on stage, he says, hey, this is not going to be a, this is not going to be a keynote. This is a Q&A. So if you have questions, line up behind one of those two microphones. So I like run behind a microphone. I'm about six people deep and I don't know what I'm going to ask yet but i know i need to be in line for something yeah. and so i'm just kind of waiting my turn i'm scribbling down just some notes incoherently just like trying to figure out what i'm going to ask and and before i know it it's my turn so i finally roll up to the microphone it's like about maybe 200 300 people there watching me just me and then a silhouette of gary because he's a little bit far away and uh, as this as, and i'm really nervous i'm shaking i could feel it and i still don't know what i'm going to ask by the way and I roll up to his microphone. And as soon as I get to the microphone, Gary says, hey, uh, I remember you from the ATM earlier. It was nice chatting with you. And as soon as he said that, I was like, wait, he remembers me. I, all the nervousness just like went away. And, uh, and I just started talking. Uh, I introduced myself as, hey, I'm Zane. I'm a, first, I'm a moderator for your First Line Facebook group. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan. I've got all your books, your shoes. Uh, I'm subscribed to Empathy Wines and I don't even drink wine. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, got a couple laughs and I just told him like, you know, I do all this because uh, I feel like I owe you just for all the content you put out. And then he said like, you know, you don't owe me, I appreciate it, but like I put out all this content for free to help you. Uh, so you're doing all the work essentially. Then I jump in and I tell him, Hey, well, you know, thanks to you. I was able to leave a job I really hated. Um, I, I took a step back in my life, moved in with five roommates and a hamster, which is a whole different story. Uh, and you know, uh, and I, I feel very happy that I made that decision thanks to you. And that's when his eyes got really wide and excited. And then he jumped in talking about how much he loved that, that I moved in with five roommates instead of getting a big house or anything. And so we're just going back and forth, almost like a one-on-one, -on -one, but there's like hundreds of people around us watching. And at the very end, while he's talking, cause he had just jumped back in the conversation, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm just going to let him know, like my dreams to work on team Gary with 
assuming that he's going to say, cool, work for five years, like, and, and you yeah. know, work really hard, hit me up five years later, I might be able to do something, that kind of vibe. So at the very end, he gets, you know, done talking. And then I jump back in one final time as, hey, you know, my dream, my ultimate dreams, the community management on Team Gary, and he jumps and he's like, do you want to move to New York? I said, yes. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And so I got hired on the spot. And uh, obviously I couldn't believe it. I was freaking out. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I misheard him until people started <laughs> cheering and clapping. And one dude threw a chair in the air. Like people were pumped. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then there was like this bell there that all these wholesale people were ringing this bell every time they made a sale during the conference. So I, he said that and he's like, come up here and ring this bell. So I'm running up there. People are high-fiving me <laughs> and I'm ringing this bell. And uh, I shake his hand on stage and he says, you know, email me tonight. We'll make it happen. And so I sit back in the audience. I'm freaking out, obviously. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then after that, there's like a, a separate like private VIP, uh, like Q&A. And I somehow got into that as well. So I'm just in the back. <laughs> nice. uh, I just kind of <laughs> snuck in uh, like and then at the very end, as he's leaving, as I see him walking to his uh, with him and his videographer, Jason, are walking to the car after the, the event. I'm like, hey, like. I'm going to email you tonight. Like I yelled it to him. He's like, cool, I got you. And, and that was it. And dude, I, uh, you know, obviously I was like, had so much energy and, and I just couldn't believe it. It still didn't hit me yet. But after the event, I went to my car and that's when it just suddenly hit me. And I was like just screaming in my car. And uh, then I hit up one of my friends, Phil, one of my good friends in Dallas is, Hey, let's meet up for dinner. I really got to, got to talk to you about this. So we met up, uh, one of my other friends met up and I told them what happened. Long story short, I emailed Gary that same night around like 11 PM. Uh, and the next day, Tyler was on the email. And the next week, I was talking to Team Gary. And it wasn't even an interview. It wasn't like, hey, let's, you know, let's interview you. It was like, no, no, you've already got the, the opportunity. Let's just figure out how we're going to get you here. Um, and then shortly enough, man, yeah, six months later, I moved to New York. And in August of uh, 2019, I started at, at Team Gary. It's epic. It's such, that's, I'm glad I asked for longer because I knew the basics of it. That's <laughs> fucking so cool. Um, yeah. Love that. But I guess fast forward now to you've been there since since August 2019. What say three? What are the three biggest things you've learned since you started there? It's a good question. I probably should have been prepared, but I'm I'm glad we're doing it this way. I uh, I think I like you know one stuff. of the no, I love it. Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest things that immediately came came to mind when you said that was uh, was that it's okay to change your mind. And, and what I mean by that is you know Team Gary, especially for Gary's content, his you know, the things we're focusing on each week, each month, um, it changes, it changes rapidly. Sometimes we'll, we'll go all in on one focus and suddenly it'll change because it just didn't feel right. And, and now we're starting over. So one great example of that, that I love to talk about is, um, back in late 2019, we, we restarted something called the 90 second club. So anytime someone used that hashtag in the first 90 seconds, Gary's Instagram videos, they became eligible, um, to win something from Gary. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we, uh, I was kind of, I was kind of leading that initiative, the surprise and delight initiative, working very closely with Gary and Andy. And, uh, and it was January 20th, tw uh, 2020. I'll never forget this. It was, I think Martin Luther King day. So we had work off, but Gary was speaking at a, at a hotel in, in Brooklyn. And so me and a couple of team Gary members went and had a meeting with him in his hotel room that they gave him. And, um, and so I came prepared with all this stuff about how we're going to do surprise and delights for the rest of the year and what the 90 second club's going to look like in a couple of years. Like I was ready. I was, I spent so much time on this thing and I go in this hotel room and I present it to him and he's like, I don't know, man, I'm just not really feeling it. Let, let's, let me think about it. And literally two minutes later it's on film. He's like, 
nah, we're going to cancel 90 second club. I just don't want it anymore. And like, <laughs> but we had put so much time and energy into preparing <laughs> this. And he was just like, Hey, it just doesn't feel right. The intention is not there anymore. And we canceled mm -hmm. it. And in the moment I was like, I wasn't upset. I was just like, Whoa, that's, that's so shocking. But as I've gotten to work closer and done more projects with Gary, I'm like, Oh no, that's just how we roll. He's just, it just felt unreal to me because he's not afraid to change his mind because he doesn't have an ego holding him back. Um, yeah. So I think that was a huge one for me. And I've still, that's been a very big constant. I think the second one, dude, is going on the offense. Um, you know, I think we, we play, Gary calls it the and, right? Like he calls it the and rule. Like if you're like, hey, Gary, should I do this or this? He's like, do both and then see what works. Um, and so for us, you know, it's all about being on the offense, you know, instead of dwelling and trying to figure out which options to go with, we usually just find a way to do multiple options and just see what yeah. happens. And then based off that data, move. And and by the time we've done that full cycle of putting multiple things out, getting the data and then acting, most companies and brands are still debating if what which one to yeah. go with. So we've already got learnings by that point. So we're just moving super fast and on the offense. So that's another thing I've, I've, I've really acquired, a skill I've acquired over time. Um, and I think the third biggest is just like, you know, it's, it's kind of... Um, I don't want to say it's overused by a lot of people, but, but, you know, it is just community first, dude. Um, I think scaling the unscalable, you know, Gary spends a lot of time on the community texting app, replying to people, leaving them voice messages um, based on their, based on what they're texting him about. Um, he's always finding ways to surprise people. You know, you've seen tweets where someone will just be like, Hey, I need a hundred dollars for my, you know, books for college. And he just gives it to them every once in a while. Not always, but he likes to surprise people and make sure that the community is taken care of. He replies to emails all the time. So, Watching that being close to the sun in that regard has really helped me understand the the importance and the significance of like he calls the Ricky Henderson moment where Ricky Henderson, the baseball player, winked at him at a baseball game in 1985 and the profound impact that had and made him a huge Ricky Henderson fan. That's what I'm always thinking about. I was like, what 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 is my version of the wink, the Ricky Henderson wink that happened to Gary, but for other people in the community? So I'm always thinking about community too. Nice. It is so true as well. Like such a small thing for someone can go such a long way to like, and I think, yeah, Gary is a, a strong example of that. This is a question I've heard a lot of people ask, and it's, I don't want the generic answer because there is a yeah. generic answer, which is he, so the question is, what's, what surprised you most about Gary? And the generic answer is, oh, he's just so genuine. So like, yeah, obviously that's not surprising anymore because we all know that um, <laughs> So what was something else that surprised you, I guess? Yeah, I told Gary this actually. He asked me once, and my first one on one with him was in September, one month after I started at, at Team Gary. Uh, it was just me and him in his, in his office. And he said, What surprised you the most working here? And I told him the, you know, there were a number of surprises. I think I said the same thing you said just now. But I, I told him the biggest surprise to me tactically was how Gary gives the copy of everything, right? So when, you know, every Instagram post you see on Gary's channel, that's Gary's. Like, that's him. Like, he wrote it. And I told him how much that surprised me because I'm like, dude, you're running this empire. You're involved in a million other things. You've got, you know, I've seen your calendar. It's, it's, in, you're, you've got things down to like three minute meetings. And for you to take the time to still have a huge thumbprint to approve every piece of content, to give the copy, to hedge the copy, to hedge, hedge images, he's still in there doing it, bro. And so I told him that surprised me. Even to this day, even a year and a half later, working closely with him, running his Instagram last, or being the channel manager for his Instagram last year, now being the channel manager for his LinkedIn, uh, he's still so involved. It, it blows my mind sometimes. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> an astounding fact, I guess. It's like, yeah, 
it just thinking about it, especially thinking about him when he was OG and he had no team. And then yeah. he probably did then. It was like, whoa. Um, and it, I mean, still, obviously, now given how yeah insane his schedule definitely is. It, it's he always talks about scaling the unscalable, right? And I think this is a very yeah. real example of that. He is super involved in all the content. For sure. So speaking of content, you're also a man who who produces a lot of content yourself. So I guess, how did that start? Because I feel like you started that before Vayner, right? I think you you were in a strange the world of content before you got to Vayner, right? Yeah, kind of, right? So it, it's funny. Really, it started for me in 2017, late 2017. So, you know, I told you I left Amazon. And before I, I left Amazon, I wasn't really into social. I had the social platforms. I had an Instagram and a Facebook like everyone. Um, I had a LinkedIn like everyone, but I wasn't using it to do anything. Um, yeah. Even Instagram, I didn't even start until like uh, a year ago. But um, what happened was with LinkedIn, that's what really kicked me off. And LinkedIn's still my favorite platform. Uh, I left my job at Amazon in late 2017. And before then, I just used LinkedIn as an Amazon recruiter to try to you know, recruit some people. Mm-hmm. Well, when I left Amazon with nothing lined up, I made a, a very long form text post on LinkedIn just talking about my career at Amazon, how much I appreciated them, all the cool stuff that's happened because before Amazon, I was living on my friend's couch. And so, you know, I have the whole story. And then because I didn't use LinkedIn much, I just forgot about it. Well, oddly enough, that post, my first real post on LinkedIn, super viral. In a couple of days, it got 2 million views, um, 7,000 likes, like all these comments from all these people. I got 5,000 connections, uh, you know, over a span of a couple of days. Um, For whatever reason, it just hit. And so um, that's, that kicked off kind of my, my intrigue and like, huh, like I've got all these people now looking at my content, all these random people know me because of this platform. And then I started consistently posting on LinkedIn. Um, now over the last couple of years, it's been a little more inconsistent, but in late 2017, I was posting every day for a couple of months. And I think I built out the, the mo- most of my LinkedIn audience you see now came from during that time. Um, and I think that got me really interested in like, huh, like all these people I'm connecting with you know, what if I keep doing this? What if I use other platforms like Instagram to connect with like-minded people or people I want to work for one day? And that just kind of kicked it off for me. And LinkedIn was the, the thing that really got me interested. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a big fan of LinkedIn and a big fan of your content on LinkedIn because I feel like there's there's very few people who have a bit of fun on LinkedIn. There's so many, like I know Gary talks about this as well of like, you need to be, people are in a professional mindset so you need to tailor it. That's one of the things that I probably, of all of his theses, disagree with the most, or like to uh-huh. a point at least. I think that's such an opportunity for people to have fun. And I think you do that very well. Like with some sort of tenuous link sometimes to mm-hmm. the professional world, I think. But I think there is so much room to, to have a bit more fun than most people are on that platform. And it stands out so much more then, I think, because of that. Yeah, I think you're right, dude. I think it stands out. And I think the biggest thing that surprised me especially I think you've seen it like really, I've been doing one LinkedIn post a day really frequently, um, just making sure I'm attacking the platform, engaging a lot. The biggest thing I've learned, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks of doing that is yes, the engagement you see on the profile is good, but there's a lot more people that are DMing me saying, hey, I'm not comfortable sharing my opinion on your post because my employer is gonna see it, but I completely agree and thank you for your post. Like that's happening way more than I expected. I was like, wait a second. So even the numbers, even the quant data I'm seeing, not really accurate because a lot of the people that would be um, adding comments not even doing that because the way the platform structured so that was interesting takeaway too 
Super interesting. I feel like you vary because I commented on it. When you comment on something, you get like the you see other people commenting. But that post about not wanting to be a CEO, that one seems like it's blowing up pretty significantly. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely my top performing uh, post in a while. Um, yeah, I got a lot of DMs about it too. And you know, I think what I also like about LinkedIn, and I, I, I'm sure you do it or you've seen it, I love that I can make a post take a screenshot, put that on Instagram, and it'll stay with, with yeah. some really contextual copy for that platform. And it also does really well. And so what I love is it's not like I have to be one person on LinkedIn, one person on Instagram. I'm the same person. I'm just taking yeah. content and repurposing it for the platform and posting it. Yeah, that is actually, I haven't done that that much. Really. I should. That's a mad thing I should do more. It's, it's, uh, it's low hanging fruit, man. Just, just screenshotting it and adding even a couple of lines and even putting Instagram in the copy so they know it's for them. It, it does really well. And to give them an insight also of like, because what I love about LinkedIn posts and text posts in, in particular is I can really let people know who I am. Um, it's harder to do that on Instagram sometimes with the way the, the platform is. So I love just being able to like tell more about myself. There's a lot of things I've shared from LinkedIn to Instagram recently that there's no way my Instagram audience knew about. So that's been really cool. Yeah. And speaking of Instagram, how did you go about when you were sort of starting there with your approach for growing that? Because I guess I haven't really talked about this, the purpose of this podcast, I guess, the sort of aim is is speaking to creative people early in their journey, learning how to market themselves. So yes, any tips on like start? I, I'm very much aiming for people who are like relatively early in the journey and looking for ways to like yeah. start to grow and start to build a following, that sort of stuff. So what was your approach for Instagram? Man, this is the worst answer you're going to have on the podcast. <laughs> are you ready? Born ready. The I had, before I got to Team Gary, I had 1,800 followers. I don't know where they came from. They're just people over time, that over the last two years maybe, I've, that I've accumulated through not a lot of content. I got to Team Gary. Gary made a video of me getting hired. That video took my Instagram following from 1,800 to 5,000 in one week. <laughs> then I was like, by the way, 5,000 is way more than I knew what to do with. I was freaking out. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then we posted a TikTok of me getting hired and repurposed that for his Instagram. He tagged me on that. And that took my following from 5,000 to 9,000. So I did very little work to achieve any following. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I'm <laughs> yeah, like yeah. 9,800 or something. I don't know. I don't look at followers much. But um, but but it was really Gary just for giving me love uh, for for the clip of me asking for for my job at the keynote. So that, helped, that had a lot to do with it. And from there, you know, I was able... I'm just putting out, I'd say, you know, at least at least one piece of content a day. And that kind of started building out for people that were already following me, letting them know who I am, what I'm up to, what I'm creating. So I got lucky and I just wanted to make sure I took, not lucky, but, you know, I got that from Gary and because he's so gracious yeah. for that. And so I want to make sure that I, I added to it uh, and took advantage of what had just taken place. For sure. You spoke about creating. So that's obviously a big, big reason why I wanted you on the podcast because you're a man mm -hmm. who's very familiar with creativity. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, because I feel like it was maybe an old passion that you got, I think quite similar times to me getting mm -hmm. into my, my art phase. Yeah, it's very similar. And I want to hear your story too, because I don't think I know all of it. But um, just, to, just to start on my end, yeah, man. So like everyone else, right, COVID hit. Uh, and for us, uh, March of 2020, um, mid-March was my last, like our last day working physically in the office. And I'm not, it sounds like a movie script, but I'm not making this up. I was on the last like subway back home that day. I knew we weren't going to be back in the office for a couple of months. I know it'd be mm -hmm. this long, but like after I'm in the train, I was just literally sitting there, man. And I was just like, I don't know where it came from. There was no inspiration. There wasn't something that happened for whatever reason. I was like, 
dude, I'm not going to have a commute anymore. Like, what am I going to do with these extra two hours? Because usually it takes me anywhere between 45 yeah. minutes to an hour one way. And as I'm sitting there, I was like, you know what? I haven't drawn. I haven't actually sketched. I haven't doodled literally for the last like 10 years, ever since I graduated college. Um, and so for whatever reason, I literally went home. I went to Amazon. I searched up drawing tablet, um, touchscreen drawing tablet. I just bought it. It was like a $300 no-name art um, like uh, drawing tablet. So that came in a week later. And from there, dude, I just started drawing just to like see what I felt. And dude, it's been the best. I, 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 you know, started drawing all the time. I started sharing all my work on Instagram. That somehow built some some following. That built interest. And I was like, you know what? Um, I wanna. I have a fear. I have a fear of drawing in front of other people. And so, I was like, I'm just gonna attack it head on. I'm gonna start a live show. And so, I started an Instagram live show called Drawing with Zane, where I would literally um, go on Friday nights for about four hours at a time sometimes drawing, just bringing people on that want to be on my Instagram live show. And they would give me a request on the spot and I would draw it for them while people are watching. Um, and so that was interesting because that led to even more community building. People would come on, have a character in mind. I would draw it for them. And that also made me a better artist, but also just more confident in what I was doing. And so uh, I kept doing that. I kept creating more monsters and weird stuff. And eventually this character named Chippy uh, came about. He's this cute little red character that uh, I created one day. And everyone immediately fell for him. Everyone was like, he's so cute. We need more Chippy. We want more Chippy. And he just became a huge part um, of my brand, this little character. And uh, late uh, 2020, uh, I released merch for the first time. I released uh, a Chippy hoodie, beanie, and a t-shirt. And I expected, you know, maybe if I was lucky, five people would buy it. But then all these amazing people, including yourself, and thank you so much again, man. I appreciate it. Uh, came great through house. and yeah, and we had. I appreciate that, man. And we had, you know, almost uh, almost a hundred buyers come through. And I, in my head, obviously, like I know that's maybe not a lot for anyone listening, but to me, that's ninety five people more than more than I ever yeah. could have expected. And it just felt so good getting the photos of like you wearing my beanie and stuff. So, anyways, man, twenty twenty, even though it was a, a horrible year in, in many ways. It is a very special year and very, very amazing year for me in that it really got me back into drawing. I just bought an iPad recently upgraded. So I'm doing a lot more nice. big art stuff um, very soon. So yeah, man, that's kind of where the art kind of came back at. Epic. The uh, I feel like, yeah, man, it's like 2020 for me, there has been a very clear divergence of two groups of people. I found myself to be lucky and I don't think it's necessarily even by choice or anything. It's just by like who you are and the way you're in perceiving these things and stuff but it's like i yeah. think there's very much like one group of people who are like oh it's one of the best years of my life i fucking love it i got all this opportunity i was so excited all this stuff and then there's other people who are like it was the worst year of my life like some people obviously because it's like yeah oh yeah i lost my job and stuff but then other people because it's just like they're sitting around worrying about something that hasn't happened that it might happen and it's like well why are you, you're just stressing yourself out over nothing really yeah so i think yeah it's I've enjoyed watching your because I feel like you've definitely been on the side of the leaning into the positive sides. But I try, I'm always really mindful of like going on a platform like LinkedIn and being like, hey, 2020 was great because I know so many people lost yeah. their job and people lost actual people in their lives to COVID and there's just so much stuff. So it's like, I, I think even more like, hey, it was a great year for me, but that's just because I'm really grateful that I got lucky and I didn't have anyone yeah. close to me pass away or I didn't lose my job. And, you know, I got lucky on both those fronts. So, yeah, man, it was a it was a weird year for I think everyone in the in the macro, as we would say. Um, but dude, tell me uh, if you don't mind. I know it's your show, and you're asking me, but I'm really curious. I'd love to hear how you got into your painting because I love following your stuff too. It's really cool. 
Yeah, it's similar, similar in that there's not too much uh, inspiration behind it, or like you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't premeditated in any way. It was like a year before I had done some paintings with my friend. Like one time, one time ten years ago, I did one painting. I was like, that was fun. Then like two years later, another one time I did one painting and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then like fast forward another six years, I was like, oh, I remember I had a few paintings that were fun. I'll try that again. Did like two or three paintings in 2019, maybe. And then had like a couple of canvases, lockdown started. I don't really know. I think I also did did a bunch of mushrooms one day and started painting. And then like did it and I was like, oh wait, this is like, yeah, every time I do this, I really enjoy it. Like the having like something tangible at the end of it is like really satisfying. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, I just like <laughs> just went all in. Uh, I guess it was because in 2020 mm -hmm. I said I'm gonna stop drinking. In fact, at first I said I'm gonna drink once a month because I didn't think I'd be capable of not drinking for a year. And then I got through January and I was like, oh, I feel amazing not drinking. This is actually great. I'm gonna keep this up. And then like got through the whole year. So I think that might have also all that like extra energy and like you know time not being hung over added to it. And then yeah, I just fucking with all the the, the lockdown time and everything, I just went ham. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Dude, first of all, congrats on not drinking for that year. That's, I mean, that's not easy to do. So congrats, man. That's, that's Thank huge. You. And I'm very excited to hear that. Um, what made you, I know you said you started painting with your friends like a year ago. What made, what was the first, like, what made you do it in the first place? Was it just a friend of yours? That's a painter that hit you up and you went over there and that's how you got introduced or like, were you just for what, just randomly one day you picked up a paintbrush, you and your friends and that's how it started. The very first time was uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine who was in American, actually, in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> shout out Philly. She was like very artsy and crafty and, and we ended up doing, that was the first time I did a painting, did some with her. So then actually, I think I did go home and I had like a sketchbook, a big like A3 sketchbook that I did some paintings mm -hmm. in as well. So maybe I did slightly more than I, I did around then. But then, yeah, I don't know what, I honestly don't know how the first time, like since I moved to London, where the first time that I it happened was, it was just like, I don't have a clue. It just, some canvas appeared. It's just, uh, it was just meant to be, I think. <laughs> That's incredible, man. I love even like, you know, seeing all your Instagram posts and even behind you, the big canvas right now. Like, it's just so cool to see, man. I love all the different colors and just, you know, I don't know much about painting itself, like real painting other than digital painting, but um, it's just so cool. I really admire the art and just everything you're up to, man. It's just really cool work. I appreciate it, man. You should you should 100% um, get a canvas sometime, man. It's it's mm -hmm. like I have no fun clue about painting either. <laughs> I I've I've gotten some experience now from from you know trial and error, but uh, it's it's like I actually I need to try some digital stuff as well because I think that's fun. But like something awesome. about the having like a something you can pick up and move around that's like it's it's it is very satisfying yeah um, my uh my girlfriend is is very into the the painting stuff and so um i uh, i told her soon um because i'm in the process of of moving to dallas into all the vaccine and all that kind of stuff yeah, i just want to yeah. move back home in the back back to my hometown for a little bit but i told her like hey once we're there and once we're like settled in a little bit like i want to can this like i want to i literally text her three days ago i'm like we, i want to paint with you and i want to I, I think nice. this thing would be a fun new skill to learn boom yeah dude it it's you'll it's so yeah it's very satisfying it's very like meditative as well it's like that's i think that's another big reason why i like it so much is like it's just like the whole world disappears and it's just like tunnel vision sort of it's uh yeah it's fun well are you listening to like are you blasting music during it sometimes blasting music sometimes like sometimes I have like podcasts or something on um 
but it's even when I'm like listening to that, that's like it's like that's going into one part of my brain, and then there's another part of my brain that's like <laughs> locked in. It's so hard to describe. But speaking of having physical, tangible things to to pick up and to look at, you touched on the the merch that you made, one a hat of which I own, which is keeping me warm through winter. Yes, thank um, you again. Talk us through that process. How did that sort of? How did you start? How did you? How did you make it happen? Basically, yeah. I uh, I started. You know, actually, even early on when I started that Instagram live show, maybe back in May of last year or so, um, I started immediately getting requests from the community because um, it was like a four-hour Friday show, and there were some people that would stay in the whole four hours watching my Instagram. And so it built a real like following, and a lot of them were reaching out to me, DMing me talking about like how they wanted merch. Um, and they were actually asking for me to make merch for the summer. Um, but I, you know, for whatever reason, I just wasn't excited about it. And then when, when winter came along, I started getting those same messages again, but saying, Hey, just make hoodies, just like put chippy, that little red character on a hoodie. We will buy it. When I got like 10 of those messages, <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's 10 buyers. Like, you know, and, and even if I keep my profit margin small, which I did, I just thought it'd be cool for 10 people that have been supporting me to get merch. And, yeah. and so anyways, when, when winter came around, I started really looking up um, how to's. I started do, watching a ton of YouTube videos. And then I, long story short, I came across Shopify and this thing called Printful that does the actual, you know, printing of the material for you for a fee. And uh, so they take some of the profit, obviously, but there's no, no inventory needed. Um, yeah, man. And I just kind of went forward with that. I got a couple of samples delivered. I, I had a couple of different types of hoodies and stuff. So I spent maybe a hundred dollars making sure, you know, the samples look good. And there were quite a few that I didn't feel good with. And eventually I came up with yeah. three, one hoodie, one t-shirt and one hat, the one you own that uh, I felt very good about. And so yeah, in November, I started selling them. And like I said, it did significantly better than I expected and just super thankful for it. Yeah, I like that. that's actually super interesting the way you threw that printful because I feel like that allowed you the probably the way there was like, you know options for different colors of the things and stuff. I guess yeah. that's one that if you had to hold the inventory, it'd be like <laughs> you'd have a lot of boxes and shit. But so that's yeah, a, well, especially in like route. New York, you know, I've uh, well, especially in New York, I've got two roommates and myself, and so it's uh, you know, my room's a little bit smaller, so it's not like. I have a huge place where I can contain the inventory. It was just a matter of space. I literally didn't have the physical space. So I kind of went that route and yeah, it worked out well. Like to your point, people were like, I want a gray hoodie. I want a black hoodie and having Printful available on Shopify, let people buy whichever hoodie they wanted, however they wanted. And I didn't have to worry about yeah. anything except, you know, make sure that they're happy. <laughs> Thankfully, shout out to Liam, my roommate. I've got a, I've got a roommate who's very patient with me because I have I counted them the other day. There's 137 paintings in the house that I counted, um, <laughs> and there's like there's like legit like piles of canvases in certain points that it's like, uh, and <laughs> and early on I was this is part of what kicked me off so much actually about the painting yeah. I've just remembered is I watched a documentary on YouTube about this painter Jean Michel Basquiat who's like a super famous painter from back in the I don't know 80s in New York um mm -hmm. it's not I don't know around then um and he couldn't afford canvases when he was starting so he and like New York was a shithole back then certain parts of it mm -hmm. where he lived was like like super like grungy and there was like loads of abandoned buildings and stuff so he would paint doors Whoa. and then like after so I, first of all I watched this documentary and was like oh he like 
he's just painting like random shit and he could he made so much money like i'm gonna try to do that. <laughs> that seems like fun <laughs> a fun route to getting rich um and then like yeah a week later like legitimately like a hundred meters away from my house there was a door on the street <laughs> so i was like i'm i'm bringing this home and painting it uh so there's like in our in our living room there's just a, a massive door leaning against the wall in one part um, oh my god liam Le- your your roommate liam sounds very patient but why do you have over 100 so so i know you're obviously painting a lot are you going to be selling these yeah i mean some i have a website somewhere on the website i haven't looked at the website in quite a long time i'll be honest but i'm also talking to a guy in la who has a gallery about potentially showing some work there so i'm sort of like in my mind i'm like building towards that and i'm like it's you you know you talked about the the data points of putting one piece of content out for putting 10 pieces of content out I feel like yeah. I'm somewhat doing that with the art of like, I'm trying loads of different things, figuring things out. Like some of them are almost certainly never going to sell and like whatever, like <laughs> I'll get out of that. But like one in five or one in 10, I'm like, oh, I really like that. So I feel that I can share the more choice I'll have for if I do end up exhibiting some of it. Um, yeah, that so you're using the VaynerMedia volume model for your paintings. That's awesome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. It's, not it's, only it's, social media. Yeah, it's just so fun to see, dude. I'm I'm so excited. Hopefully that uh gallery works out too, man. That'd be great. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Turning back to content, um you're we have talked about you being someone who turns out quite a lot of it. What are some things that are are working well for you? Say like, you know, different types or like even like subject matter, things like that across different platforms? Of course. I, I think yeah, I got very, one of the cool things that I didn't realize would help me in the long run that is now helping me with my own content was, like I mentioned last year, I was Gary's uh, channel manager for his Instagram. And so that was a whole new world for me. I had to manage, you know, I got a chance to, to, to manage some amazing creators, the videographers get to work closely with them, get to work closely with our designers and so many other people. Well, one of the, my favorite parts during that process of creating uh, content that would live on Gary's Instagram was making titles for videos. So me and a videographer would go back and forth on Slack continuously until we came up with the perfect title that excited us that we thought would be thumb stopping. That habit of like flexing that muscle and getting better with thumb stopping, like very direct or very clever titles for Gary's Instagram videos, that is now what I'm applying to my own LinkedIn uh, posts. So for example, I'll write out my whole LinkedIn post but then I'll like walk away for a second. I might go to the restroom or the kitchen or something. I'll come back. And then with that kind of titling, the video titling mindset, I'll go in and remove every extra word that doesn't need to be there. I'll make sure everything, mm-hmm. uh, wor- make sure it words smoothly. Like that, that muscle that I've gotten from there has really helped me with my own posts. So that's my, I think my performance on my own LinkedIn posts have been way higher recently because of that. I think in terms of what's working, like I mentioned, LinkedIn text posts for me are an amazing place just to start sharing more stories. Obviously, even the stories I shared with you about Amazon and Gary and all that, there's about a hundred other stories within that journey. And so just making yeah. sure that comes to life more and then sharing that on Instagram through a screenshot, that's been really working well for me. I think one thing that I haven't done a very good job with in 2020 was I was putting out so many cartoons and monsters and creations that people got to see a creative side of me, but they didn't really get to see a, hey, who is this guy really in real life? What, Where has he mm-hmm. worked? what you know what happened back in amazon you worked at amazon why do you leave like those that journey wasn't documented well and so now i'm kind of going back and doing more of that recently and that's been great so just sharing more personal stories 
making sure that there's no excess wording, making sure every word really counts and matters in my text posts. Uh, another thing that's been working remarkably well for me, and you might've seen it, as I'm really involved in my Instagram stories, um, I do a lot of like Q&A on my Instagram stories. I make sure to answer yeah. every question I can. That's just building a lot more like behind the scenes and letting people get more a uh, sense of my more funnier side. So that's been great. And then my favorite thing recently in the last two weeks is Clubhouse. So wait, are you on the Clubhouse app? I am. I am. I haven't figured it out, but I, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just created a Vayner Slack channel just for Clubhouse um, because I'm obsessed with it. That's uh, That's been my latest obsession. And so, yeah, for those who don't know who are listening, Clubhouse is an audio-only social media platform. It's invite-only right now. Once, once you get on the platform, you get a couple of invites every few days to invite your friends. So um, if you know someone on it, there's a chance to have an invite for you. But yeah, man, it's uh, that platform, even though you're not posting and it's very different, that's been the best. Just like, you know, I spend 95% of it listening in the back end, just I treat it like a live podcast, but I've just been connecting with so many amazing people through it. And so I know that's not exactly your question, but I've been using that as a, a, as a social media platform and a tool to really get to know different types of people. That's yeah, super interesting. How so? I this this can help my you can help my clubhouse knowledge definitely. Like a couple of different questions. Oh God, where do I start? Like I've seen you being in some interesting rooms with people. How does that come about? How do you get into those? Is it like you go in and you raise your hand sort of thing, or is it? Yeah, exactly. So one to even find out about the rooms. The the two ways that I've really been using that. Like how do I discover what where people are hanging out? That that was my number one question when I joined. And so there's a, a, like a search tool at the very top left of uh, the screen when you, when you log in. And there I would just search in keywords, for example, gaming or LinkedIn or YouTube, like things I'm actually interested in. And then I would get a ton of different clubs uh, or some people would pop up. So I'd follow them or I'd follow the club to be informed. And then as I started joining more rooms, listening, connecting with different, like following different people, um, in your clubhouse app in the very bottom right there's a little green icon that you select and you can see all the people that you follow on clubhouse and, and if they're in a room room them. and so what i'm doing is there's a, there's a couple of moderators that i follow that are like hosting and talking a lot of different rooms that i really like um i follow them and then i click the little button on the bottom right and i see what rooms they're speaking nice. in anytime i go into clubhouse and i just follow them i go to what i go see what room they're in i, I meet the people they're talking to in that room and then like you said once i'm in the room if i have something to say I'll, I'll click the raise hand icon and, um, you know, depending on how much of a cue there is, I'll get a chance to go on stage and uh, talk about about whatever the topic is. If I want to say something or ask a question, um, I think one of my favorite things, and this is very nerdy, but one of my favorite things uh, on Clubhouse is the LinkedIn team, like the actual people that are building LinkedIn. They do a, an office hours once a week where they have their the five people from their team and you just hop on and ask the LinkedIn team any LinkedIn questions you have, which is really cool. Nice. And so I've been getting my own insights for Gary's performance like of, of his post there. But yeah, man, I think uh, I think Clubhouse is awesome for that. You got to spend a lot of time like really digging, finding the rooms once you do. And it's, it's just such a great place to connect with people. That's the other thing I was going to ask. To me, like I've searched some shit, like some stuff I've searched, like abstract art. There's like three things that return in results so i'm like is there opportunity i feel like there is opportunity to potentially like own epic search terms there if you get if you get in and start a room is that am i correct in thinking that or yeah yeah you know you're spot on there's i mean there's rooms and there's clubs right so what you know there's rooms happening all the time i know there's 
um, and I can send it to you after this sometime, but there's a really um, popular regular, I think it's daily, um, like some art room where a ton of artists come together from around the world. Okay, That's nice. like an art room, someone that, that runs it. One of my friends runs it, but there's also clubs and clubs is like what you really want to do. That's where you get to really own the keyword and like, like build a group, especially, you know, think of it almost like a Facebook group without the actual like interactions, yeah. but, but that's where you can really take advantage of that. But to get a club, cause it has to get approved by the clubhouse team, you have to be very active. And um, it's, I don't know all the qualifications. I do think that you have to be a moderator for like maybe three rooms a week minimum. There's something like that, but um, okay. you have to be very active and then you get your club approved and that's what you really want to do. Okay. Okay. Exciting. Exciting yeah. times ahead. I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, picking it up. But, uh, you know, again, there's probably someone listening that knows Clubhouse better than me. That's like, he's, he's not saying the right stuff. And I probably, I might not be, I'm just going off context. Too many more. I feel like you've got some, <laughs> you've got some solid context. I'm just, I'm just picking up what other people are saying and, and putting, I'm just passionate about that. I'm not a pro, but I spend a lot of time on there three to four hours a day, just listening to people most of the time. And it's been very nice. remarkable. I've learned so much. You, I saw, were you, did you, I wish I could have seen this. Um, uh, I think I woke up and saw it on a few people's Instagram, but the, the room with Mr. Beast and a few, and like Logan Paul and a few other YouTubers. Bro. Any good insights coming from that? That was the greatest room in history, dude. I'm telling yeah, you, I, uh, I got a, someone, uh, my May, my boss uh, uh, on Team Gary, who I, who I love, she texted me because she knows I'm obsessed with Mr. Beast. I love all things Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is the best. And so I, uh, I, she texted me one night. She's like, hey, this room just started. It's Mr. Beast. And I like immediately, it's so funny. I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I got to hang up on you and go talk to Mr. Beast. <laughs> and so I joined this YouTube room and it, it wasn't just Mr. Beast. It was Mr. Beast, Logan Paul, Mr. Beast's manager, Reed, uh, Ezra from Night Media. There were all these huge people, dude. And uh, that was at 10 p.m. I believe when I hopped on. I was on there till 1.45 a.m. until everyone left. Um, we'll tell most people left. Mr. Beast left around, I think like midnight, but I stayed another extra like hour or so, uh, jamming, but dude, it was such a valuable room. Like I learned so much about video content and how to think about it. Um, I left, I was just taking notes like crazy all night long for four hours. Amazing. Well, I'm one of my plans for this year is to start YouTubing. Um, nice. so any, any key takeaways that I should bear in mind that you took from that? A couple. Yeah. I, uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me was um, the process of developing a video. So Mr. Beast and, and a couple of other huge creators, uh, what they do is they'll come up with the title and thumbnail before they'll even come up with the video. Because on YouTube, to to really index, those things are super important. What's the title? Mm -hmm. Is it going to catch someone's attention? And what's the thumbnail? Because that's going to show up to people. And if the thumbnail is not catchy, it doesn't appeal to you, the colors aren't right. If you're on there, the expression, if that's not right, um, all that has to flow. And if it's not right, people aren't going to click. So they actually reverse. So instead of building out a video and then doing it, they do title, they do thumbnail, spend forever on it as much as they spend on the video, time-wise and money-wise, and then they go into the video from, from what I understood. So that was really interesting. Um, another insight, which which is pretty cool is, you know, as you can imagine, dude, there's a lot more mobile people than desktop people using YouTube. And so one thing to consider is doing, you know, a lot of people do horizontal videos, but you might even consider mixing in a lot more vertical videos. So just pure vertical, because that's less friction to a mobile user to watch a YouTube video than it is for them to turn their phone, right? Uh, and that's been yielding big results for um, a lot of content creators recently. So that's something I would look at. Uh, YouTube also released something called YouTube Shorts, which is kind of like TikTok, mm -hmm. Snapchat, that whole world. Um, a lot of people playing 
that it just kind of came out recently. So look into that and to do that, make sure you're, you know, you use vertical video, but you have to include the hashtag shorts in your, you know, in, in the thing, in the body to make sure it counts as a shorts. So, um, but that's been interesting too. It's, it's apparently from what we're playing around with and also a lot of my other content creator friends, um, the, the amplification that YouTube is providing for shorts is very high. It's like Instagram reels right now. So that's another thing to, to potentially look at. Yeah, that's actually a good point because those are two things that I am somewhat aware of. But for anyone listening, those are supposedly, obviously TikTok is an insane place where you can very much go viral, but also the the, the things that they can TikTok, uh, like uh, Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. Yeah, I've heard like there's been a lot of people who've been like, like explosive growth on those. So if you're listening yeah. and you're looking for growth, good places to play. That's it, dude. It's that's the thing, right? Like with social, I mean, you obviously you know this is more for the audience, but like whenever you see a platform come out with a new feature, there's a very high likelihood that that's where you want to triple down on because that is where the reach is. Like any right now is a good time to go on Instagram Reels, not just because it's like a fun new way to create content, sure, but most importantly, if you're trying to get seen and discovered on the platform, your post that you're putting on Instagram right now, an image or a regular in feed video that's not going to get discovery anymore. Like you, you know, everyone knows that it's just not working anymore. It's done. Those days yeah. are over. It's too late. But the one way you can actually get a new audience on Instagram right now tonight is if you create an Instagram reel and put it up there, you can also take your TikTok, go to a, an app like snaptick.app online, remove the watermark and post that on, on your Instagram. Um, that kind of stuff can, can really work. So definitely do definitely go all in when a new platform or when a platform has a new feature. Yeah, there's I think there's more users and there's less people make because it's so new. There's like less people just instinct make content, whereas like everyone's churning out like e-posts and at this point yeah. like a lot of stories. But it's like there's people there, but there's not enough content. It's like the mismatch there. The other well, like because from well, I was gonna I have, say it's a little tough, right? Because I, I think the biggest struggle that a lot of my content uh, creator friends talk about is. Now there's just too many platforms that are doing it. Yeah. So they're like, wait, like if I create a TikTok and I take out the watermark, I post that on Instagram, Instagram reel, should I also post that on Snapchat because of the spotlight feature? Should I post that on YouTube because of the shorts feature? And it's just like people are kind of like having to go through so many different channels now and trying to, and are really questioning which one is more valuable for their time. So that's one thing I've seen come up a lot, but I, I apologize. No worries, no worries. Yeah, I was going to say it's the same thing with like paid media like when there's le like say tiktok now currently i mean you can't even ads there unless you're an approved partner um but like the the ad costs there are super low because there's so few advertisers because it's like they need to create new creative for it then you know they need to do all the strategy that goes into it and like you said most companies are going to spend six months eating on what the perfect creative is before they even test it so <laughs> Well, meanwhile, the people who are just getting there with the, the sort of and ready stuff are going to be getting like dude, cheap. There's, uh, uh, dude, it's so crazy. I was just talking to one of my friends who works at, at um, an agency. It's a smaller agency. But he was telling me about like how for every piece of content, his manager will like have to approve, which like kind of makes sense. I, I guess I get that. Like, right. That makes sense for clients and stuff. But then they're like yeah. criticizing, like they're they're doing micromanaging for little things like font and like where it is like what color should the meme text be it's like dude it's a meme like you just put them all <laughs> out there and see which one clicks. Yeah. like you know and they're they're spending weeks on that stuff and the issue is you know the more people that are in this chain of command of approvals 
the less speed you have. So if, especially if it's a viral trend, like the Bernie Sanders trend right now, if you have too many people that are like overthinking the content, if you post that thing one week later, congrats, you're irrelevant and no one is going to laugh yeah. or react to it as much anymore. So I, I think, you know, hearing, hearing from him, sometimes I, I forget how good I have it or how lucky I am to have just speed as a focus. And then I talk to him like, oh yeah, there's, there's so many companies like that that don't. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing that sprang to my mind was a reminder of how lucky we are because it's like, yeah, I, I forget because I worked at a company that was quite sort of old school in some ways before as well. And it's like, yeah, God, people have it a lot worse. <laughs> Way worse. Getting towards the end, a couple things left on my list. Um, first one, I guess, to the merch just for, for one more second is like anything you recommend someone who's listening was maybe considered doing their own merch anything you learned or like anything that you did, like that next time say you do it you'll you'll tweak or do differently that's a great question i'll say this i'm not saying anything against against printful i think it's a i'll say this printful treated me really well um i had an inventory issue that's why i went to printful and then i was able to get merch out to everyone who wanted it and like you said they were a lot more options i could do online um what i learned from that experience is yes while that's really good the issue is i'm not controlling things like the mailing of it so what happened is um, a couple of my uh, customers, they they got my merch because they're amazing people and I love them. And then when they got the merch about a week, week and a half later, um, it was the completely wrong size or the color. Well, they reached out to the, the company to get a refund and all that. And the whole process of that was just not a good experience for them. Whereas if yeah. I had actually held it myself, I had one hoodie color and that was it, and I mailed it and I fulfilled it. Well, if I made the mistake, I would have been able to rectify that. But when things are done by someone else, I don't have the control. So I think for anyone listening, if you are considering it, it's a great option, but make sure you're also considering you know, those worst case scenarios like the one I just mentioned and, and really trying to do a pro con list and, and see if it makes sense for you. Balance of the... Uh... Balance of both worlds, I guess. Next one is, this is a question I ask people with varying sort of time ranges, but I guess I'm, I'm just sort of making it up on the spot for each person. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? 20? Oh, that's that's a good question because I turned or like, 30. It doesn't, need to, it doesn't need to be 20, but like, you know, something you wish you knew when you were younger. Yeah, no, I think 20 is a good age because uh, like I said, I'm turning 30 in August. So that's like a whole almost 10 years now. Um, yeah. I will say, that's such a good question. I'll, I'll say... Look, I, I think for me, I'll say this. I stayed at Amazon much longer than I than I should have. I had no business having my last role as an as an HR business partner <laughs> at Amazon for a year. I should have left one month in. And so I guess I would just look back and say, you know, if you know it's very easy to feel, especially when you feel stuck, like it's very easy to feel like you just have to be miserable at a job or you have to do something that, you know, may feel you hate doing, but feels like there's no way to avoid it. And I, I tell them like, it's going to be okay. You know, when I was just so afraid to leave Amazon, dude, like I was afraid what my parents would think, what my family would think, uh, would I even get a job if I left with nothing lined up and it all worked out and in hindsight, you know, I was clearly over drama, drama, you know, I was overthinking it all, but in the moment it's very easy to forget that. So I think I just look back and say, Hey, like just trust your gut instinct and keep, keep moving forward. And eventually I, I learned that lesson around 27, 28. Nice. Last last thing is anything else you think we should discuss or any any other parting words of wisdom for the, the audience? No, I, I think the, the biggest thing I'll say to everyone listening, um, really two things. One, you know, my biggest wish for anyone that creates content or, you know, or, or wants to create content because it's new year and, you know, you want to focus on your personal brand this year. I'll say like LinkedIn is an amazing, still an amazing place to go. 
your organic reach is way small, way lower than it used to be, but that's every platform. But even now you can still go on LinkedIn do, and do really well. And uh, I use it every day for that reason. You know, I post my own text posts and images on there all the time. So if you're considering posting content and you want to really tell your story, LinkedIn's an amazing place for you to really tell your story. Take that same content, tell it on other platforms like Instagram, and your audience there will know you too. And they'll also go follow you on LinkedIn. That's been happening. And I think the second piece of advice I have is, you know, look look at Clubhouse. I, I think uh, I've only been using it for two weeks. Like I said, it's brand new for a lot of people, yeah. including myself. But um, it's a really cool, very different type of app. There's no posting. It's like it's all talking. It's 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 like this like huge podcast with over a million people. And uh, I think it's an amazing place to listen and learn about things that you're interested in, and also things that you may not necessarily um, normally care about. And so I've been in rooms with about real estate and personal finance and all sorts of other stuff that normally I would never even thought about. But anyways, it's a great place to connect with people. So even if you're considering it, because I've seen a lot of posts on LinkedIn about people considering going to the platform, just go check it out. And I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. Love it. Yeah, I was pissed off, man. The, every time I try on a platform, just the name Angus, I can't get it. I'm hoping. I thought I might have been early enough for Clubhouse, but it happens. Uh, but I've got a rare enough name that I, I own Angus Boyle across everything. So yeah, that's I've good. got that. Uh, yeah. Last question is, where can people find you? Where can people connect and follow, continue watching your journey? Awesome, man. Yeah, if you are listening uh, this far, I appreciate it. Uh, please shoot me a DM and check out my stuff on LinkedIn. You can find it, uh, Zane Gaziani. Uh, same thing with Instagram, Zane.Gaziani, uh, I believe. I think that's my Instagram. Um, and then uh, TikTok is Zane Gaziani. It's all the same. Just on Instagram, there's a dot, a period uh, before, between my first and last name. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you deeply for taking the time. Um, I think some incredibly valuable stuff in in this episode for people listening and i had a great time so winners all around thanks again for having me on man it really means a lot appreciate it man i'll talk to you soon this has been the creative marketing podcast thanks for tuning in tune in again next week for another episode of the creative marketing podcast with me angus boyle oh it's getting faster i think i'm peaking though i don't think i'm gonna be able to get much faster than that oh without it being audible uh and not audible the app audible the old meaning of audible before it was a brand that amazon fucking jeff bezos took over audible back in my day audible just means used to mean that you could hear it anyway um if you enjoyed this episode fucking leave us leave a leave a subscribe subscribe to the podcast leave a review tell one of your friends if you know someone who's an artist or a poet or a musician or some sort of creative person who's looking to learn how to better market themselves get them involved get them into the family and other than that like i said tune in again next week and i love you you're the best and you're very good looking thank you for listening